This episode of Not the Half of It is brought to you by Intermittent Fasting. Intermittent Fasting is the planet's oldest weight management program consisting of not eating all the fucking time. Before intermittent fasting, I never realized the reason I kept gaining weight was because I was always eating. Sometimes three times a day, sometimes six or seven if counting small snacks. Intermittent fasting helped me hone the art of self-discipline and has led to profound spiritual epiphanies. My body was saying, oh no, no, stop. I still need to process the last meal you shoved down my throat. <laughs> but I wasn't listening. I just kept overworking my bowels like some kind of big shot corporate CEO. I don't know why I was caught off guard that it just swept some of that shit into my gut instead of my colon. So try the preferred, empirically proven diet plan of our ancestors practiced by everyone from Gandhi to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. You know it's not a scam because no one profits from you not buying their product. Intermittent fasting is also the diet plan of choice for making your stockpile of soup cans, cereal, ramen, and toilet paper last as long as possible while you're quarantined. If possible, consult a doctor before or at least thoroughly research how to fast safely before weaning yourself off of eating all the fucking time. Welcome everyone to this episode of Personalized. Um, obviously the ad we just had was something that Persephone had done on her other podcast, not the half of it. And I, I honestly adore it so much, not just because how funny it is, because I too am, am, am toying or or dabbling with um fasting i've heard about it on many other podcasts and um read a lot about it and, and i've enjoyed it and so um you know i'm following persephone's footsteps and and learning more about it through her and um you know she recommended me and if you're interested in learning there's an app called zero um that you can download and it helps track your fasting schedules and gives you little trophies and it's just it's, it's all around a really cool app so i, I really hope you um you you uh you find time to, to at least look it up and give it some thought. So with that being said, this episode is extremely funny, but it's very adult. So I really recommend you listen to the content warning from Abby um coming up before you get into the episode because like I said, this is the most adult episode I've done so far, but I enjoyed it. You know, um for those of you that don't know Persephone, she's one of the owners of the Postal Roach Audio Network where um you know, they have my other podcast, Three Husks. They have the hilarious and amazing audio drama, Emperor Pigs, Man Darwin in Deep, and now her new her new her newly started podcast, not the half of it. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, all those are are the same place you're getting this podcast. Please just go look them up, subscribe, and you can thank me later. Um so like I said, the content warning, highly suggest uh, pay attention to it because like I said, this episode is a trip. With that being said, hope you enjoy. some adult topics such as sex, drugs, and alcohol. So listener discretion is advised. Um, I don't know how cold it is where you're at, but uh, it, it did start snowing pretty heavily today. What? You got snow? <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck. It was like I a surprise. Like, I feel like everybody else in the world gets snow but us. We get it if we're lucky or if we've been really bad. If you've been really bad. What do you mean by that? Um, so in 2014, uh, we had like a huge, like state of emergency snow crisis thing. Like mm. I, I think I was one of the like 18,000 people who felt like they got stuck for some reason. Um, like there was people that died, I think that day or wow. that weekend, like it was pretty fucking crazy. It was like, I want to say it was either like during the middle of a week or over a weekend when the shit went down. But like, it was sudden too. Cause the thing was, is if I remember right, the news people, uh, I think all the news th- news stations for Alabama, um, were saying no, it's not gonna snow. Everyone, you know, go to work. It's gonna be a normal day. And then like, bam, it fucking snowed. At least wow. from my end, from our from out of my family's end, you know, we got up, watched the news, and shit. Well, I guess we're going to fucking work, you know, and fucking trapped in the shit. And it was like it was pretty bad. But um, as far as I can remember, we haven't had any that bad. I think like 2017. Brendan and I had a little bit, but it wasn't, like, crisis bad. But, like, I'm weary of that shit now ever since 2014. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I can only imagine, though, like, it's got to be, like, way worse in Washington, though, with the snow. Way more people. Yeah, I mean, the weather's really weird here. So, like, we had one light dusting in the middle of the night a few months ago. Uh, and, like, it... No, like I happened to be awake, and that's how I saw it. But um, everyone else like woke up later, and they were like, "There was no snow." <laughs> like no one believed me. Um, but that was it. And then like we just got like this is our like our first real snow of the year on January seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of been like that, like a lot lately. You know, we get like a little bit of snow. Like our biggest snow last year was in fucking March. Damn. Um, oh, man, I bet the White House looks crazy with snow around it. I don't know why I just thought about that. I guess it's just because just a lot of the stuff. Just, oh, man. And that fucking... Um, uh, there's like the... Oh, fuck, don't get me wrong. The, I'm assuming... It's not a park, is it? Where the statue is? Fuck, I feel like an idiot. Um, in the middle, that? somewhere in, in somewhere in D.C., there's a statue of... Uh, we got a few of those. Yeah. Um, what's his face on the horse? Um, it's it's dead center, like some tree area. If I remember right, I know we I know we were around. We walked around there before we went to the White House. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't actually live in D.C. Mm-hmm. I'm outside of it. I imagine you've been there quite a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I go there for work, but I don't you know I don't explore as much as I'd like to. Parking is just really expensive. I believe it. It was really, it's, it's really nice there though. Honestly, we, we, all we did was walk or ride cab and like the cabs were usually disaster. Most people were like, we've had one or two people on the phone. I thought my mom was going to like have a meltdown with them. Oh yeah. No, DC is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I have, we did a, a day trip there, uh, not long ago. Um, maybe a week, a week or two ago to check mm-hmm. out a couple of the museums. But, um, we ended up paying like 80 bucks uh, and it was a free museum, but like we took the Metro in and that's like 10 bucks for the two of us. Uh, we were going to plan on doing, come, come back that way. 
Uh, but then it just started raining and getting nasty. And the metro station was like a good 30-minute walk from our house. So we just took an Uber back, which was 20 bucks. Plus, while we were at the museum, I got hungry, like I do, and uh, tried to buy a sandwich. But the sandwich was $15. <laughs> so it's just it's expensive. We, um, I think, like, the the one of the craziest restaurants there was we ate so we ate on like a um a dock somewhere there was a restaurant on the dock but there you could see one of the boat restaurants you have like everyone like there was people like waiting in line to get onto the boat oh, for wow. the restaurant and then it like goes around the the fucking um sit uh, I guess I guess you could say the city but it looked like it went kind of like on the outside I don't know what body of water that was but it was a pretty cool sight just seeing that though like you could see from our chair at the table of the dock where you could see people sitting in the or you could see tables and chairs already through the glass panels on the boat wow that just goes to show you how much is around you that you don't know about until a tourist visits <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's right. Super fair. Like I'll come to Alabama one day and I'll be like, "Yo, this restaurant's so great!" You, you, you'll never have heard of it. You know? <laughs> Most like I promise you that'll probably happen. And like, well, but I'm also too. I'm a picky eater, so mm. um, you'll probably go to things that I would never like. Wake up and want to just go to one day. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's fair. I'm a picky eater as well, but I'm like, I guess I pick different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> than most people I know pick. Are you a sushi eater? Sushi? I am I like it. I'll eat it. It's not my favorite. What is Persephone's favorite food? What is oh. your, what is the one thing, if you had a choice, like if you were, I guess if, if, Je- if it's your birthday and your wife's like, I'll make you whatever you want, one thing, what would it be? Oh, shit. Um... See, that's complicated because, like, my favorite, my favorite, favorite food is very specific and only one restaurant can make it. No offense to Jess. Um, <laughs> so if she's making it, it would... Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I mean, no, she's, 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 she's good at cooking. Um, is she standing over there? You right now, like, say something. I'll fucking dare you. Well, I, I don't know. I'm in my closet with the door closed. I don't know where she is. <laughs> she could be. Sometimes she does. Sometimes she just listens in while I'm recording. I don't, I, you know, I, God, way to put me on the spot, man. Um, What's this food? Well, um, let me take it. Can I guess? Okay. All right. Is it a burger of a sort? Well, I do like burgers. Hey. Hmm. Does it come with a weird topping on it? Like mac and cheese? You know, I've never tried that before, but I would certainly be open to it. I've tried hamburger mac and cheese and I like that. So those Mm -hmm. flavors do go together. And I have been experimenting with cooking a lot lately. So I might, I might try that. That might be my dinner. I'll take a picture of it for you. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen so what is it you've done you tried you done the Big Mac and mm-hmm. um what was the other one? I think I I think I didn't get to pay much attention to that one as I did see the Big Mac. Uh, uh yeah, so so I uh, I subscribed to um Todd Wilbur's uh, recipe website mm-hmm. and uh, this dude he's been doing it since since like the 80s or something but he like mm-hmm. brings 
a restaurant food home and analyzes the fuck out of it and then recreates it. And then he sells his recipes online. Like you can buy cookbooks from him or you can like buy individual recipes for 79 cents. Uh, and I, I just got like an annual subscription on sale for like 24 bucks for the, for the year. Um, and I've just been kind of like working my way through it. So I, I tried the Big Mac clone, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wendy's spicy chicken filet clone, which was great. And, uh, this morning for breakfast, I had the, the, uh, the quarter pounder, um, and went to the store and we have all the things we need to create, uh, the pizza hut, uh, cheese stuffed crust pizzas mm-hmm. so that that's one of my you know my new exciting things that i'm going to be trying soon uh, but so far he's been pretty on point with his recipes and I'm, i've been very impressed i mean i'm a huge fan of um fast food and eating out and uh, my doctor told me i need to stop that so this was my Same. response you know like <laughs> Fuck i'm gonna make, make it at home <laughs> yeah she said i want to i want to see you cooking more at home i said no problem and <laughs> Um, but I think it is, I think it is healthier and I am counting the calories in it. So I'm kind of watching that a little bit and it, and it gives me like the, a lot of flexibility. Plus all mm-hmm. the ingredients are fresher. <laughs> Man, freak. I, I, I think fast food is a weakness of mine, but like, I guess it is for most people anyways. Like, um, sure. as of the beginning of this year, Brendan's pushing me on like, and I don't blame her, but she's pushing me on a, uh, on a back getting my fitness routine. And um, something I said in the last episode, like I was before I met her, I was actually in pretty good shape. And I went to the gym and like I was doing boxing and stuff. And then like, and again, uh, not blaming her, blaming myself. I met her, and then like I got in the habit of like getting, doing writing and working on things after work. And man, I just mm-hmm. workout schedule and like, I guess. Uh, healthy eating just went down to shitter and welcome back all the things I love like pizza and uh, buffalo wings yep. and fast yep. food. No, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, I, I chased after Jessica for like four years and mm. in that time, I think I was I was pretty fit. You know, I wasn't like working out per se, um, but she ran a lot and so it, was, it took a while. <laughs> Did you ever like have to actually physically run to chase her? Like not like that, but like you know, like yes. do the like corny like jog up to her, be like, "Hey, girl, what you doing up in the park?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, so when she moved to Southern Maryland, um, mm-hmm. she went. And she was on, she was on um, disability and Medicare. Um, she was being seen at um, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But she needed to live in Maryland um, to be seen at Hopkins uh, mm. because otherwise she had to go to Virginia. And the closest hospital in Virginia was like much farther south. And she'd never heard of it and didn't want to experiment with that. Um, so she had to move to um, Maryland. And we technically weren't together yet, but I was chasing after her pretty hard. And I'm like, look, I'm I'm not this is not going to stop me. And so I went on Craigslist and I found, um, this room on a farm mm-hmm. that was like a 30 minute run from her house. Uh, so I moved in there and, uh, and then I did run to her house to visit her. That's awesome. So man, I mean, whew, that's crazy. So, 
I want before we go way back. I just want to iterate. Um, for the listeners who don't know, and for anyone else, so your wife Jessica, Rose, mm-hmm. she voices Maggie in Emperor Pig's audio drama. That's right. And so, uh, I guess like to start off, my question is. Where did you two even meet? I've never heard this story at all. Like, as much as I've known you, this is something I've never actually gotten to ask you before. I'm glad I finally get to do. Sure, yeah. Well, we worked at Starbucks together, and she was my supervisor. And, um, well, you said you left Starbucks. I know you have said um, a few times that you left Starbucks. Right. And was she still working there when you left or was she had already Oh no leaving? no well she she had to quit so she has cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and um and so her lung function had been declining seriously since her birth um and mm-hmm. when i met her she was down to like 30% lung function wow. um and uh, and so we worked together for maybe like 2 years or so at at Starbucks um but then towards the end, she she couldn't keep it up. She was actually she was she had to keep the job for the healthcare, um. So she would kind of sleep in her car, and I would work her shifts a little bit until she was able to get on you know another plan. Um, but she physically wasn't able to mm-hmm. to to work. Um, so she has not been working for what, like six years or so now. Um, and she just got her double lung transplant. Actually fun fact, like that happened two weeks before the first episode of emperor pigs aired. Mm -hmm. Um, so she spent most of season one in the hospital. She just finished her lines, finished recording sessions, and then (laughs) went to the hospital and, you know, this is this is part of the reason she didn't play a huge role in the first season. She's a I'll give it she's a fighter though on that one. Like so when you know, when you say she has a surgery, so does this mean mm-hmm. um she her lung she got better lungs, she's she's gonna be okay now, or is this yeah just temporary? Well hopefully it's not temporary. Mm-hmm. Um but no, so 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 they ripped out her old lungs and um put in some fresh ones. Uh, and that's, I don't know if that's the best way to word this, but um, <laughs> I'll be in my head. Uh, I'm but, like, all right, what are they put in there while they're ripping out her other lungs? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but, uh, so she's, she's been, she's been recovering really, really well, but she ended up having an ovarian cyst as well. And originally they thought that that was benign. Um, but then it kept growing and then it was causing her a lot of pain. So, um, right after the lung transplant, she's not really fully recovered from that. And she's back to get this ovarian cyst removed. Um, but then it turns out because she's had like tons of surgeries throughout her life that when they go in there, they, they don't like the doctors don't know what they're looking at. And they had to call in a trauma specialist to try to figure out like where the, ovarian cyst was and they said like oh fuck it we'll just take the whole ovary out Mm -hmm. um and then after they sewed her up i found out that like they got only like 80 percent of the ovary or something and uh but they thought that that was going to be okay and it was for a little bit but then the pain started coming back and she got really 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 sick uh and then they determined they had to just take the whole damn uterus out um 
so she had yet another surgery. So she's been like for the last few months, just trying to recover from all three of these extremely invasive surgeries. Um, but she is doing incredible. She's getting better every day. And, uh, her hope is that she can start working again, um, this year. That's, that's awesome. So, um, to circle way back, uh, so Starbucks, you know, say, you know, Starbucks happened, you left there. What happened? How did you and Jessica go from there? On, so, well, she was actually with someone else at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, you know, I'm usually, you know, the respectful sort that won't, uh, you know, go for someone that's taken, but this dude was really bad for her. Um, and he was like verbally abusive to her and she was miserable and she was my very good friend and she was also hot as hell. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, it was very difficult for me because like, you know, on one hand, like mm. I, I, the main thing was I wanted to like, as a friend, get her out of that relationship because it was just very stressful to see um, and experience and to hear her talk about. Uh, and it seemed like that, that that relationship was never going to end. But when she moved to Southern Maryland, she had to move in with her mother. And this guy went with her and moved in um, with her mother also. And I sort of realized that, like, this was a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because no, there's the no way Jessica's <laughs> mother's going to put up with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it turned out I was right. So part of why I went ahead and did that moving into the farm thing, because about two months after, you know, uh, Jess and her ex moved in with, with her mother, that all fell apart. Um, and... I happen to be available <laughs> and, and local. So. I understand. So how long have you and her actually been together though? So, um, 2014, I want to say. Meanwhile, I'm in snow. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it was either late, 2014 or early 2015. Mm-hmm. Wow. But we were close friends for years before that. That's awesome. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm happy it finally worked. I'm happy it worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, we could write a romantic comedy about about my chasing after her. Uh, I would love to see a Rochi J vlog of how it happened. Oh God! I don't think the Rochi J is ever coming back. <sighs> you can ride on the bike. Like, let me tell you how it all happened. <laughs> so, how how many of these dreadful videos from my past did you watch? Um, I just saw that one. I think I was in one of the Persephone Rose, which everyone can find on YouTube. There's a video where you had mentioned Rochi J. Mm-hmm. I think it freak. What was it? Oh, it was about moon landings. And I was like, I feel like she might have put somewhere on there as a channel for all the funny. Because I was trying to find more like the rap one you have about the bills. Okay. And I was uh, like, so There's... a lot of a lot of stuff that I'd made mm-hmm. on YouTube got like random copyright claims on it. 
Oh. Um, and so I shut down like all of it. I put it all on lockdown a while ago because I got tired of those emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I could, I could go through at some point and and cherry pick things to make available again. Maybe I will, or maybe maybe that'll be a Patreon exclusive. Hey. So, <laughs> speaking of Patreon, I think we need to dive into this uh this Postal Roach um mm-hmm. company that you and uh I guess it's you and Paul Moore are the two at that or I mean I realize you know with all of us cast writers and directors but you know it was you and Paul that started it up, right? That's right. Can you tell us how exactly, you know, where this all came from? Yeah, for sure. So, um Paul and I were both in the Boy Scout program, um, which is where we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boy Scouts was the most difficult time for me as a transgender person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was you know, trying to figure out myself at the time. And I was pretty strong um, in my female identity. And I think that my mother kind of wanted to keep me in Boy Scouts to try to keep me male um Mm -hmm. so i was really obnoxious i was actually i mean i was always i've always been obnoxious but in boy scouts i was extra obnoxious because i was trying to uh break free i guess i was trying to get kicked out really okay um but they never kicked me out they kept I guess they thought they could reach me or something, so they kept uh, like talking to me and counseling me and stuff, and I kept just making more and more problems. Um, and one of the problems that I made was I created Rochia, um, the role-playing game, mm-hmm. uh, that was sort of a parody of uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and the Star Wars role-playing game that everyone was playing at the time. Um, and it was just I just set in this like really seedy world. Um, it was really strict when I first came up with it. Like there were different classes uh, that you could pick from for your characters, and the classes were like uh, gangster, mafia, hobo, uh, or like I don't know, rich guy or something. Um, and then you would go into this like seedy city and have your adventures and whatnot there. So Paul got really into that for some reason. <laughs> Guy's an Eagle Scout. You know, he's kind of the opposite of me. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was a huge part of Rochia and uh, loved that, you know, story in that world. And it grew from, like, being, like, this weird, like, joke thing to to really having its own culture and its own... Um, everything its own vibrancy and it was it was actually relatively popular there was a time we had um maybe like 60 or so people playing um and uh so you know years after that you know paul's in college i'm kind of in college but skipping all my classes uh and i was in yeah the community college and he was at george mason and i would like show up at his dorm at like four o'clock in the morning, um, climb in through the window and, uh, and just, we would just chill and chat and talk and, and play games and, and make, you know, some of those videos that you dug up. Um, 
And so kind of out of that, we developed this this partnership, uh, which we called Postal Roach. Mm. And we started to, to create an audio drama. Actually, we had three audio dramas back then. Um, but we didn't know what we were doing. So, like, none of them got past two episodes. And they were really, really, really bad. And I think that they don't exist anymore anywhere. Um, but they were all based in the in the Rochia universe. Uh, and then, you know, he graduated and I was working at Starbucks and everything kind of like, you know, fizzled away. And he was over in um, California. And, and then one day I started writing Emperor Pigs. And originally when I was writing it, it was just like, it was going to be placed in like New York or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, but I could bring back Rochia. And uh, so I called up Paul and I said, hey, look, I'm going to write an audio drama. And I think, you know, he was kind of like, oh, okay, you haven't changed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he said, sure, whatever, I'm in. And um, so we made it. And uh, this time, you know, we built off of all of our previous experiences and it actually turned out pretty cool. Uh, So that's Emperor Pigs. Um, which is uh, the flagship of Postal Roach, but uh, we've expanded Postal Roach to be so much more because we really want it to be uh, a whole production house, not just for audio drama, but for all sorts of creative storytelling. Um, we have some audiobooks that we're working on, uh, and we have a couple video games that we're working on, as well as several more podcasts um, that are going to be coming out soon. And our main goal is to eventually make Postal Roach into a profitable company where people can come to work. And by work, I mean do whatever the fuck they want to do and get paid for it, which I know is... Yeah, I know that's like like a really crazy uh, business model, but the philosophy behind it is that everything that needs to be done in the world I mean, for everything that needs to be done in the world is someone that wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but the problem is that we're all misplaced because everyone ends up like in whatever job they can get, or they end up in a job where they're chasing after the money and they're not focusing, focusing on what they really want to do. Um, but if you look at like a massive company like Amazon, um, they actually have tons of different creative uh, outlets that anyone can go to. So, like, uh, if you're a video creator, you can publish your stuff through Prime. If you're an audiobook creator, you can publish your stuff through Audible. Um, if you just want to do menial tasks like transcribing and stuff, you can log on to Amazon Mechanical Turk and do that. So what I'm saying is, like, the idea is not impossible because Amazon literally does it. But Amazon also takes all the fucking money and it mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't make it a viable um, job. I mean, you can't you can't go publish audiobooks. Well, you, you could if you're really, 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 really good. You could go publish audiobooks and make that your main career. But even the people I know that heavily rely on publishing through Audi- Audible for audiobooks also take other jobs on the side because they don't trust that, that that's going to work out. Right. Um, so, of course, 
I'm just a little person here uh, trying to take on Amazon. That's going to take take a while, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the dream. It's a, I hope it's that makes awesome, sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an awesome dream. Then, like Emperor Pigs is amazing. Um, Man, Darwin is hilarious as fuck. Uh, you know, Three Husk. I won't toot my own horn, but I think it's it's great, and what it's turning into is even better. And like, absolutely. I mean, and there's so much more. I'm not even going to mention Solar Winds and a few other uh, projects that um, are still being worked on. And I mean, mm-hmm. and several that, that I can't even talk about. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if I could talk about some of them, but I but the yeah. ones I do know of are I am I am so excited for not just like as someone who works it or. Or is with post with someone who, as a fan, is just excited for a period. I think great things are coming from it. Oh, absolutely. Now, 2020 is going to be exciting. And then 2021 is going to be more exciting. I think, like, as people, like, venture f- more, I guess, further deep with audio dramas and um, the things that are done with them, the things that could turn into them, like Limetown and... Uh, you know, we're alive where Casey's going without me. I think it's like it's crazy how awesome people are starting to, to get into podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah, podcasts have exploded. You know, I, I remember when when Paul and I started writing our first audio dramas, um, and when I was acting in audio dramas before that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people didn't have smartphones. I mean, we're talking way back in 2008, before smartphones were like wildly popular, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and like I was downloading audio drama podcasts from Darker Projects and Pendant and Broken Sea uh, onto my fucking MP3 player, and that's where I got really into audio drama because you know like I would go for long walks. I mean, I I, I didn't have a car or anything, so I I would walk 28 miles from my community college to. Paul's school to go fuck with him in his dorm at four o'clock in the morning. Um, (laughs) And I would listen to audio dramas during that walk on that MP3 player. Uh, And now, like back then there were like, you could probably count the audio dramas that existed on like your hand. Uh, (laughs) You know, there were only like five production companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were fantastic, all of them. And, you know, I think, you know, Pendant is still around. Yeah. Um, Darker Projects is still around, too. Um, but they're much smaller and not able to produce as much as as, as Pendant has been cranking out forever. Um, but then we're also seeing tons of little guys popping up as well, new production companies. Uh, I'm in, like, 20 Discord servers, and I don't even know what half of them are, but... Uh, but um, a lot of them are production companies for for podcasts, and honestly, like they have such like an amazing community. Most of, I mean, like everyone I've been a part of, you know, there's at least you know um, projects I've either dabbled with or been like huge fans of, and not just because I, you know because I'm connecting to that person, but in general, like, and it's something like listening to that podcast and then like getting to like you know reach out and connect to that person, like when I found Emperor Pigs through Ken I mean it was just like I didn't come to you just like just for to work on things like I genuinely loved Emperor Pigs and was like I want to talk to creator this <laughs> I mean it's crazy how like how great you know all these podcasts are and 
you know how it's just like it's it's someone who's just trying to make it in the world and working you know working jobs just as just like you are you know they're not mm-hmm. they're not some big fucking uh you know corporation with with you know all these i mean which would be it would be great but like you know right. um they're just they're they're people just like you know you or i that are, are trying to 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 make it somewhere and Ordinary what they're people. doing is amazing yeah exactly yep Exactly. Well, I'm. I'm. I mean, you. You were one of the first, um, the first people to reach out to me, uh, mm-hmm. just just from the audience. And um, so initially, I was actually pretty alarmed by this because <laughs> I. I don't. I don't. I guess I haven't really talked to people mm-hmm. <laughs> before that, you know. So, and I didn't know. Like, I wasn't expecting. Um, Emperor Pigs to take off as fast as it did. I mean, of course, I hoped and I wanted to, but you know, like I've been doing stuff like this for uh, a while, and um, so you know, I, I my expectations were certainly tempered. And so when you messaged me and you were like, "I'm a huge fan of Emperor Pigs," I, you know, I was it was sort of unreal to me. Um, but it but it means the world, and and a lot of people have come forward and said that to me now and um and it it still really blows my mind um because like for me this is like you know i I put a lot of my heart and soul into that and uh, to have it be appreciated is sort of unexpected feels great doesn't it's it's like the dream isn't it It, i mean it is the dream yeah (laughs) keep thinking i'm Um, gonna wake up and 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 like you know i I never did that (laughs) (laughs) so um you know, while you know you're 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 running, you know, Postal Roach, you have all these projects you're trying to manage and voice and work on and write. Um, but what what is a day to day for you outside of of trying to you know in your in your little studio closet and your computer mm-hmm. and Emperor Pigs? Like, what is what is a day to day for you? Oh fuck, man! <laughs> I don't know. Is that bad? I mean. I like to not remember, but I have such a like ordinary, straightforward life that most of the time I do remember. Yeah, I see. I don't. I don't have one since I mm-hmm. I quit. Um, I quit my last uh, W two job um, last mm-hmm. year, about halfway through last year. I couldn't keep up with it, and, and Jessica in the hospital. Um, so I quit that and started driving Uber, and picking up all kinds of odd jobs here and there. So, um, my data, I guess the best way to describe my day to day life is, uh, sort of like a role playing game Mm -hmm. where every day is kind of different. And I wander around looking for, uh, side quests that can make some money. Uh, and then I come home and I grind on what I really want to level up, which is postal roach. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I guess that's sort of how it is. Um, but every day is like completely different for me. Uh, and I don't really know what's going to happen next. Um, and that sounds exciting, but it's not always exciting. Sometimes it could literally just be like I uh, end up picking up an Uber customer that's going to Baltimore. And then I'm sitting in Baltimore in a parking lot for an hour. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but it's it's really, it's really sort of random i've tried to create a like a schedule for myself and i'm going to try that again 
but it always seems to fall apart um, mm-hmm. because like just everyone I work with is on a different schedule and since I'm in control of my own I've sort of like have the flexibility to put stuff off or rearrange things um, you know because like with Uber like there's no risk of getting fired from not showing up you know so like I can I can just not do a shift and then do it the next day and it's yeah so I don't I that that was like the hardest question you could possibly ask me is how my day to day life is. Good, I'm glad it's the one I did ask. <laughs> I'm scared of the other ones. <laughs> so you had mentioned, you know, you said you uh, you'd le- you left your last W two job, and I assume um, it wasn't. I imagine it wasn't Starbucks, so it would have had to been. Um, maybe you said some one time you were an English tutor. Yeah, it was English English te- English teaching. Yeah. What drove you to do that, per se? Like, how did you uh, go from, like, I mean, from a, I guess, coffee shop to uh-huh. uh, teaching English, I guess? Well, so every, you know, quote-unquote day job that I've ever had has sort of just been an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I've never had a main source of income that was, like, really what I wanted to do or was passionate about um that's not to say that i didn't like english and i didn't like working in the coffee shop because all of these were valuable experiences or the adult store that i worked at before then um but the way i got into that was actually i had a friend that worked for this tutoring company uh who asked me if i would consider working there and i said sure So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, so, <laughs> I thought you were gonna have like a big punchline to that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give you some no, I have so many of that in there. That's hilarious. So, I mean, did you at least enjoy? I mean, how long were no, you doing I, that? I loved it. I loved it. I, um, I, I love kids. Um, and it was, it was really rewarding to be able to, mm. to work with them and to, um, to see them because I was working with kids that were struggling, um, in their normal classes. So they would come out and, and see, and see me. And I mm. worked in like these small groups of four or five. Um, and they were like the wildest kids in the school. They were basically how I was when I was in elementary school. Mm. Um, so it was, great for me like it stressed out the other teachers but (laughs) i loved it i mean like they would come in they would scream they would run around they would have wild ideas and i was all about that shit and they loved me too and it was great because i felt like i could really like reach them and make progress with them Mm -hmm. um and then to see them like you know struggle with recognizing letters to going to reading complete sentences like that's really fucking cool. Um, so I really enjoyed it. So was the coffee shop your first job? No, before the coffee shop, I worked at uh, a sex store. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Was the sex store your first job? Well, it depends on your definition of first job, but that was my first W-2 job, yes. Okay, holy shit. <laughs> That's... How did all right? I want to know how did this happen. I have so many questions that go with this. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, well, so around 
I want to say third grade or fourth grade, I what? discovered. <laughs> <laughs> what? That is such a. I'm sorry, Kiko, but that's just a hilarious way to start it. Well, <laughs> this is how it starts. Okay, you gotta, okay. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to have all the backstory, right? Okay, okay, please, please, please. So, so around third or fourth grade, I discovered pornography. Mm. And it was the coolest shit that I experienced in my life to that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was looking at, but I loved it. And I have always been very inquisitive. Um, so I researched like what I was looking at and, uh, I learned Okay, hold on. Lot. Can we just take a pause real quick? Admit, when you said <laughs> so, research, you know, your ass is like, let me see what porn I can find. <laughs> no, no, but it was beyond that, you know, because like after, after the excitement faded, I would, right. I would go and investigate like, what were these tools? What were these devices that were being used? Wow. What is this called? How does an, how do anal beads work? How does it, you know, so I learned all, you know, I, I, I was pretty educated sexually, mm-hmm. uh, going into middle school. Jesus. Um, I I didn't know what a blowjob was in middle school. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I could have told you. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh so then when you know when I was looking for 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 work, mm-hmm. um you know, I was like sending out applications everywhere and like trying any little thing that could make money. You know, I was doing the YouTube video thing trying to monetize um monetize videos and I made like I don't know 40 bucks doing that. Uh, and I had found a website called ChaCha.com, which, and again, this was like before smartphones were popular. So ChaCha.com was designed to be a, uh, like, well, they called it like your friend with a, with a search bar or something. So the idea was that like anyone could just send a text message, uh, to ChaCha or 242-242, um, and ask any question they want, and then a cha-cha specialist would Google it and then answer you. Um, so I got a job with them, and I was looking at like the categories I could, you know, um, I could do, and one of them was sexuality expert. So they they hired me as a sexuality expert, uh, and I would just answer questions for hours at a time that would come in and they would be like really stupid questions mm-hmm. like um oh does uh, does black pussy feel different than white pussy <laughs> um and 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 so I but I I couldn't just answer I'd have to like you know research and like give citations and shit so um but that didn't pay very much and so I when I was sending out applications other places one of them was to this sex store uh, and I just put it on my resume that I was a sexuality expert for ChaCha.com, and they called me like the next day, uh, and they were like, "What is a sexuality expert?" And I told them I spent my days researching sex questions and answering them. Um, and they're like, "Oh, okay, for for a big internet company, huh?" And I was like, "Sure," and they hired me, um, and that was great. So because I got, I required like no training, so I got to just work in this store uh, where I could explain all the products and uh, and sell them and I did pretty well um and I loved it that's awesome that's 
I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> um, so my first job, I was a fucking cashier at a fucking at a Hardee's, and like, okay. I guess you could say that's my first W two job. But like, fuck, I would love. I'm not gonna lie. I would love to have that first. That is, a, that I'm not gonna lie. That's a great first start. <laughs> no, it like, was great. It was. It was. It was wonderful, man. Because because you know people would come in and. Uh, this was, you know, I was doing 14-hour shifts there. Mm-hmm. So, like, they would come in and, you know, because the downstairs was, like, all DVDs. Mm-hmm. And it would be sort of like Blockbuster. You know, they'd come in. They'd be like, you got any recommendations? And I'd be like, well, have you seen Ats and Titties 4? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was, it was, it was you know, it was more fun than that, really. Because, you know, I, I knew all the porn stars at the time and... Uh, and I, you know, I could, I had them all categorized and organized and say, you go check out this one. You know, I have a recommendation, you know, depending on what you're into, I could point you to the right part of the store. Mm -hmm. I could sell you a new toy, um, that, you know, you've probably never heard of, but it's fucking awesome. Um, and we had everything at that store. Um, so I'm going to ask who's your favorite porn star? Oh man. Um, it's a good question. You know, there have been a few over the years. Mm, yeah, um, I feel you. I was really into uh, Rebecca Linares back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if she still does it. Um, how about you? Um, It keeps changing. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to say... Well, I wouldn't say... Fuck. Um, STR just interviewed a really good. Honestly, I can't tell you her fucking name because I don't remember off the top of my goddamn head. But she was like one of the mm-hmm. most recent porn stars on STR, and like the episode they interviewed with was really great, and her videos are really great. Um, God damn it, my phone's over there. I'm not gonna be able to tell you right now, but but uh, I guess I guess but like I said, it does change here and there. Um, sure. But there's a lot of turnover in that industry too. Yeah, there really is because you could see like one video, like damn, I really like this girl or 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 this guy, depending on you know, and right. like, and then you see someone else, you're like, well, hold on now, this person does this a lot more better. So it's it's I guess I guess yeah I guess you're right. I guess it does. It is fair that it changes, but I guess right now it is the last one they interviewed on SDR. Okay, you should you should probably learn her name. I really should. I'm not gonna lie, but. It's been like forever since I since I looked her up. So <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, um, no. Pornhub is. I really, I really appreciate that Pornhub has that um, you know more by this artist button that mm-hmm. you can press. You know, like because um, see back back in in my you know um, early days in, in third grade of uh, researching pornography, I, it was it was a lot trickier. You know, like I I had to be smart and avoid viruses while right. finding what I wanted to see. Um, it's probably not something that an elementary school kid should be doing, but, you know, I did. Oh, <laughs> did you ever, again. did you ever get caught? Like your dad, uh, because you, you had told me before your, your dad's pretty, um, I wouldn't say strict, but he's, uh, he's, he's very vocal on the thing saying, you know, cause you had, um, I can only picture like you had voiced him before. I can only picture him catching you. I guess at that mm. age, or would it be, or where he's would it have been more like your where your your mom at the time? Um, no, I never got caught. I was really fucking good. I got fucking caught. I'm gonna be honest. I got fucking caught. Yeah. 
My, uh, what happened? So, my, I don't remember what year, but uh, it was one of the times where I was visiting um, North Carolina, uh, my family, and like, I don't know why the fuck I've done this, but so my mom, I was using my mom's laptop when I would come visit because I didn't have my own at the time. Uh huh. And so they left me home alone, and naturally, like any other fucking teenager as I was at that time, I wanted to see what it was. I wanted to watch, and so right. I didn't know my stepdad would come home early on his lunch break sometimes, because uh, the because he works he lurked locally at the time, so he would also often come in and out, and so like yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was one of those things where it was like, son, don't do that on your fucking mom's computer conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. I never. It yeah. didn't occur to me till he said that one sentence of how weird it was. I'm like, oh wow. I guess I am the weirdo. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, so you know the the thing is for me. I knew all the keyboard shortcuts. Mm-hmm. On, you know, like Alt F4 could make something go away really fast. Uh, <laughs> and so that was. I just. I never had that issue. On. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I was, I was really careful about when I would masturbate, uh, and when I would masturbate to porn. And sometimes it wasn't at the same time. Sometimes it would be like, okay, you know, I can't pull my dick out right now, so I'm gonna watch some stuff and memorize it, and then pull it out later. Put um, it in your spank bank. Yeah, yeah. Did you see? Yeah. Did Did you see um, Hall Pass? Have you no. ever seen that movie? Fuck, you really need to see it. Uh, I guess I wouldn't say it's really spoilers, but like uh, Jason's character in the movie, he um, <clears throat> he had mentioned that joke about like you know hall pass where he's like blinking really fast in a restaurant, and Owen Wilson just uh-huh. like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "This is for my spank bank later," and he's just like memorizing it <laughs> for later that night. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that term before, but um, I did that absolutely <laughs> spank bank. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, you're working at the sex shop, you know, it, what, what, I want to ask, I don't know if you could talk about, I guess you could, but like, was there any like, just weird, just fucking questions you had asked? Um, well, the weirdest, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know if it was the weirdest, but like maybe the grossest question Uh that I got asked was, can I return this? And... like fucking dildos and shit. <laughs> They'd be like, if I'm not satisfied, can I return this? And I'd be like, what the fuck do you think? <laughs> what you think the... I'm going to put that on like a 50% off previously owned vibrator rack? Like, <laughs> fuck. Holy. <laughs> oh. So, but, but the thing is like, and th- that was a very, that was a frequently asked question. Mm-hmm. I don't know how thick people were. Like, you're going to stick it in your body. <laughs> God. Like if you don't like it, I'm really sorry, but I can't help you with it after purchase. <laughs> like, it's not a T-shirt. Uh, oh, so um, I want to ask you. Um, I heard. Um, I, I guess I heard it was true, but I guess this is something I've always heard. Like mm-hmm. at certain sex shops, there's a fucking. Um, I guess I would say demo room. I guess uh, where they go in and they watch videos. Or my, I've always heard that was a thing at sex shops, mm. but I never. I've been in a few in my life, but I've never like, not that I went looking for that room, but I've like, there's no way this is real in a place like this. Like I don't see that. I mean, I, I can only imagine like that 
the, I mean, and plus you can only imagine like, the details I've heard about rooms like that, you know, how dirty they are yeah. and how nasty they are. But like, was that a thing at the shop you were at or is that just something? Not at my store. Mm-hmm. No, I worked at a very classy store. Um, but there were absolutely are sex stores that, that have them. Um, and they were, they were basically, they'd be like little booths. Um, right. And exactly. they were like, yeah, jerk off booths. Uh, yeah, those are real. Absolutely. Fuck. That's crazy. I, I, I really like, I got to give it to anyone who has to go in there and clean that shit up. Yeah. yeah thankfully my store did not have it. You know, we, we, we had a strict, like, you don't do things in this store rule. <laughs> so. As someone who works there, I think like you might appreciate like so. Um, <clears throat> my friend and I, uh, I won't say his name, and and I guess to to give him at least some kind of shame <laughs> or or honor on this, but we went we were riding one day, and he's uh, we had made a joke about a sex shop, and mm. uh, he I had said all right, let's fucking go, and he you know he's like he's like I can't believe you really want to go, and I was like well we never been into one, and he's like well yeah. I mean we're two dudes, and I'm like well fuck let's just go just to go. He's like, all right, so uh, we got our local one that's actually local to here, and uh, we pull up and we go in, and like I walk in the store, you know, they ask for your ID and stuff. We walk in, I, I go start browsing the store, and I said, I'm like, wait a minute, where my boy at? I turn around, and he, I don't, he's nowhere to be seen, and I'm like, do y'all see my friend? And they're like, uh, wait, I think he's over here. And for some reason, at the entrance of the store, they have like a rack dedicated to incense burners. Like, they have all sorts of little incense scents and stuff. Oh, we had that. Y'all did? Okay, I guess, is that a thing, just the sex shops? Or, I mean, I didn't understand why they would have that. I, I guess, well, I guess it wouldn't make sense for, for if someone's trying to get a little I'll, freaky. I'll go back to that. But, so, he's standing there, and I'm like, yo, you, you ain't gonna come? He's like, nah, dude, I don't want to go up in this motherfucker with another man. And I'm like, well, what's <laughs> wrong? He's like, dude, we go back there. He said, the first thing they're gonna see is us looking at dildos together. He's like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. <laughs> Needless they to say, care. we left. <laughs> They're used to it. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it's just such a, it's just like, I guess that was like, it's just such a funny thing, um, to be that one type of person like mm-hmm. I am to just like, I ain't gonna fuck. I'll just walk up in the movie. I want to look at all this stuff. I want to see shit like well, this should. on display. Yeah, it's you should. Um, so here's the thing, you know, for anyone listening to this or whatever mm-hmm. who might be uncomfortable going into a sex store, um, the people working there have seen it all. I believe um, it. So when I was there, and this was actually absolutely fascinating, mm-hmm. um, but customers would come in, they would walk almost the same path through the through the through the merchandise, and they would stop at the same areas and ask the same questions, and it was very much like Groundhog Day for me. Um, you know, and, and I would try to laugh at the same jokes that they would make over and over and over again that really weren't clever. What were the um, questions? I don't know if you're going to tell them, yeah. but I really want to know. And, uh, and, and, and so it was just, it's, there's nothing you can do in a sex store that they haven't seen before. There are things you should not do. <laughs> Um, but they have seen it before, I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. So if you go in and you're respectful and you peruse the merchandise, they're not going to be thinking about you. They're not going to be judging you. They really don't care. They probably just want to go home like everyone else. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, was that it? I didn't... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, uh, okay. But all right, so what are these questions? 
you were gonna oh. use these asks. I really want to know because I don't. When I went in there, or the ones I've been in or going, I don't really tend to talk unless I'm going up to the cash register or to pay for it or whatever. But like most of the time, I'm trying sure. to like think to myself. <laughs> oh, do I have to clean this? How do I clean this? How do I use anal beads? <laughs> What's the best lubricant? Should I go straight for the Assmaster 3000 butt plug? <laughs> Um, you know, I, that's the thing. I would, I was really an educator. Um, and I would tell people, you know, like if you want to put things in your butt, then Mm -hmm. you need to work your way up, you know, start with the basic anal stretching kit or buy smaller butt plugs and, and work your way up, build a tolerance, build those muscles, stretch yourself out. Um, don't go straight for the ass master. Probably never go for the ass master. That thing is too big. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had some, you know, we had some things like the Great American Challenge. Um, Holy shit, I've seen those. I've actually, uh, not the one locally here has it, I don't think, mm-hmm. but there was another one uh, a little bit of ways. Um, yeah. Shows you how many I've been to that, that yeah. has it, and there has been a joke among me and some friends at my last job about it. Um, yes, people can and mm-hmm. have and do actually insert the Great American Challenge. I think it's fucking I've not, huge. I've not seen it done in person, but I have seen it done in video. What the fuck? I, I guess that's fair. I mean, it's crazy. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Our bodies aren't really designed for that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's... Whew. So, you know... Uh, I, I got asked what what made you switch from the sex shop to the coffee shop. Um, well, a good friend of mine that worked at the sex store with me uh, mm. quit and went to work at Starbucks down the street, and told the manager that I was also looking for a job, and then I got a phone call, um, that said, "Hey, come in for your interview," and I said, "Sorry, who is this? What's going on?" Um, and he said, "This is Starbucks," and I didn't. I just went and had an interview and got hired. <laughs> I mean, I just sort of, I just bounced around, man. Like that was it. I didn't well, know it wasn't a goal. It just happened. Wow, that's so you. So the guy's just like, "Hey, uh, so where's your past job?" Oh, you know, well, like I currently work at a, a sex shop. Oh, well, fuck, all right, I guess that's... You can make coffee then, hell, anybody can it make coffee. It was an adult couple's boutique. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that Was that so... Uh, was that the actual, like, I guess, name, the title of the, the name of the place, was that? Or was that just, like, a genre or... I don't say genre. Um, I guess, like, a... Is that where you're classified with the shop at? Well, I don't, I don't want to say the name of the store. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, I don't want to get in trouble, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, that was in the window, adult couples boutique. Wow. You know what? That might actually get my fiance to go more now. <laughs> I cannot get her away from boutique stores. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the store that I worked at was um, just next to a bunch of other boutique stores. You know, there was a shoe store next to it and across the street. We had uh, an art store and, you know, and a clothing store. And it was it was just a row of shops. And if you just walk past it real quick, you're going to think it's just lingerie. Um, but you go past the lingerie, and there's the fun stuff. 
Wow, that's crazy. So, um, you, you have a son. You know, it's mm-hmm. you and Jessica and your son living. Does he know about the sex shop? Does he ask? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Does he ask yeah. like you know? Uh, I guess typical young man questions about it. I mean, that's no, no. He. <laughs> the thing is, I think I made him too comfortable mm-hmm. with this, which is fine, you know. But which is what every parent should do, right? Right. Um. You can't stop hormones, and mm. you can't stop your kids from experimenting with learning about sex. But what you can do is do your best to educate them uh, so that they're not necessarily getting inundated with some information that may or may not be correct. Um, and so that they're not sneaking getting around. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You know, so. <laughs> So we've always, you know, I've always told him, like, look, here are condoms. This mm-hmm. is where I keep them in my room. If you need them, take them. No questions asked. Uh, because that is, I would rather him do that than, uh, you know, just risk it. <laughs> and you can't stop it. You know, mm-hmm. I lost my virginity when I was in 10th grade and no one was going to stop me from doing that but thankfully i just had no problem walking into 7-eleven and buying condoms but that can be really anxiety inducing especially for you know a teenager yeah yeah so Um, yeah so so he knows all about you know my history my life he knows that i was into porn when i was in school you know mm -hmm. like it's, I think it's important to normalize these things. Um, you know, not saying that we should tell kids to look at porn, but we should also acknowledge that there's a chance that they're going to find it and we should explain what it is. You know, you can't, you know, you can't tell them not to do it. And it's not ultimately bad, you know, unless they're looking at something illegal. It's not ultimately a, a bad thing. So, I, this is a question I guess I should ask right from the top. Is there a sex shop in Rochia? <laughs> and if so, what is the name of it? Oh, um, like probably any department store would have what you're <laughs> looking for. I don't think that Rochia would need to to put it somewhere else. You know, just <laughs> go into whatever Rochi Mart and, and, and pick up your anal beads. I'm literally picturing... Either like an Emperor Pigs presents, or like a like even its own standalone series. Someone working at a sex shop in Rochia, and how funny that would be now. That's yeah. perfect. Um, that's a thought. That's a thought. Maybe we could we could do something with that. So you know, yeah. uh, it's not sex shop, but there is something you have created, um, and it's I, this pimp master Arturius. Yes. Please, for the love of God, tell listeners about this and where they can find it at. Because it is, uh, it's not long to binge it, but it's such a fucking joy. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so Pimp Master Arturius is a short audiobook series, um, an event miniseries, so to speak, um, that is not finished. Eventually, I'll finish it. Um, but what it is, is it's basically a retelling of the stories of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. But in more a more modern setting, um, where uh, instead of having you know King Arthur, we have Pimp Master Arturius, 
And the first story is called The Glock and the Rock. And this is where um, young Artie Davis uh, discovers that he has what it takes to become the true pimp master of the town of Cameltoe. And yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but that's (laughs) what that is. There's a Glock in the Rock. Please don't forget that. (laughs) It's one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. I don't know why I was like, damn, that is so simple. I never thought about that in my life. Yeah, it um, it hit me really hard, you know, um, when I came up with the concept. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but mm-hmm. um, I've always loved the, you know, the Arthurian legends and stuff. And uh, I also like the bizarre and surreal. And I combined those things in my head. And then Glock and the Rock was just such a natural rhyme that it just it belonged you know <laughs> that's crazy that's oh man i i i guess just as a fan i just i love i i've you are such a creative person and and everything is i don't know why but i love anything hilarious you tend to do it's perfect Thank like you. emperor pigs is like beyond like you know from the beginning of the season to the end it goes all over the place and it gets just the comedy never fucking stops and that's what i love about it and anything storage is doing i appreciate that so much it, it it means the world to me you know so um <clears throat> you know we we've kind of you know we've touched on you know post a roach and and where it's going and the things that are coming for it and um you know where all of a sudden some of these projects are, but so where's Emperor Pig season two at? Well, we, we, it's, it's in the writing room right now. Um, we're, we're close to finishing up, um, season two, the scripts for season two. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Paul and I are going to go through them, do our last continuity check and touch up. And then we're going to send it to the actors. Um, our goal is to, um, premiere season two on 420. Oh, well, yeah, you know, that's right. Oh, man, that is so fucking close. Especially when this episode comes out. That's, that's going to be something to look forward to right there. Yep, that's, it's, a, it's a challenge. We're, we're definitely in crunch time right now trying to, to, to get it out there. Um, but we launched on 420 last year for season one, and mm. um, people seem to like that date for some reason. So we're sticking with it. What's the craziest 420 story you have? Um, well, probably you mean like the date or I guess the date because I I have I'm I definitely have something I'm going to say, but I just want to hear yours. Well, I mean the craziest I have no memory of 420 before uh mm-hmm. we released Emperor Pigs. I mean, <laughs> when I do marijuana, it I don't need a time or a date to dictate when I do it. That's sort of the beauty of, you know, Uh I just do it because I feel like it. (laughs) So I don't, I think that 420 is like a working day for me because that's like the (laughs) release of Emperor Pigs. That's what I'm focused on. Like it's um, pretty serious. (laughs) It's 420. They should like not change this. So instead of just weed, it's weed and Emperor Pigs day. Right. (laughs) But but I mean, if my uh, my craziest weed story, mm-hmm. if you want to hear that, yes, um, please, let's hear it. So one day I uh, 
tried a different dealer,、mm-hmm. and his stuff was a little bit stronger. Um, and so I was, you know, first time customer. So he was giving me the hookup. He wanted to give me like tons of sample products. Um, beyond what I bought, but he gave me some gummy bears. He gave me some Rice Krispie treats. He gave me like fucking Chex Mix or something. Like, dude was really creative. Like top chef stuff here, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so as usual, I'm you know walking home from work, and I you know eat my usual corner of a brownie.、Um, but this shit is much more potent than the stuff I'm used to. And I'm not home yet. And it hits me, and like it's it's really intense, and I suddenly freak out. I'm like, oh my god, I've got a ton of marijuana products on me, like、mm-hmm. a lot. I can't explain this, and half of this stuff looks like candy. I can't take this home. If I take this home, my family's gonna think it's candy, and they're gonna eat it. I need to get rid of this. I'll just ditch it somewhere. Oh, I can't do that because the animals are going to eat it, and I, I'm going to feel so bad if the animals eat it and and they die. So I need to eat it.、Mm. That's the safest, most ethical thing I can do. So I ate it. Oh, holy shit! Oh, please tell me there's more to this, or do you not remember? Well, <laughs> I made it home. And I was very sick. <laughs> I was vomiting. <laughs>、uh, Jess was like, "What? What? What happened? What did you do?" <laughs> I don't. I don't think you should be seeing these new friends of yours. <laughs> uh, and um, the next day, I was going LARPing with、uh, with Zach.、Mm-hmm. And、um, Zach being, I didn't recover. Yeah, Zach, my son, and I、mm-hmm. didn't recover from all of this, and I didn't want to tell him that I did something really stupid. <laughs> so <laughs>、uh, we had a long road trip the next day because we were going like、uh, it was like in New Jersey, like the LARP、mm-hmm. we were going to was in New Jersey. So I'm like, like I don't know, this sort of like half hungover, half still semi stoned, half just feeling horrible.、Um, we drive up to New Jersey, and、uh, I'm getting beat up by a bunch of kids with foam swords, and it's just <laughs> like not a great experience. <laughs> But、Whoa. I guess that's the you know the universe's way of telling me to pace myself. <laughs> So, <laughs> this isn't my first weed story, but like、um, years, let's say, I don't remember the year, but years ago,、um, <clears throat> the same friend that did the sex job thing,、uh, sex job thing, we we were, I, all right, I guess I, if I'm going to tell a story, I need to be honest from the start. I had yeah, one、so、back day, in third grade. Yeah, no. Well, actually, it was after high school.、Um, I was living with him for、um, for a little bit. I was having some issues at home, so I went and lived with him. And、um, I was talking to this girl, and this girl lived in Georgia. And I had the wild idea on a Friday afternoon. I'm like, you know, I really want to go see her and, and stuff. So I get home, and I'm like, hey, look, ma'am.、Um, I know this is really crazy, but you have a better car than mine. What were the chances we could drive to Atlanta tomorrow? And crazy as it sounds, all he said was, "All right, fuck it, yeah, let's do it." So、nice. we got in the car, 
we left Alabama and went to Atlanta. Um, I want to say we rode through Atlanta. I went, saw the girl. We hung out. Uh, you know, we finished hanging out with her, and and you know, things went left or right. And <laughs> we went. We we're on the way back. He's like, "Hey, you know what? Let's know." Before we went there, we did go through Atlanta, and there's a spot in one of the um, Walking Dead seasons where they filmed in Georgia at a train depot. I think um, I know listeners might know where it is, but we went there. He wanted to take pictures of that place. That was the deal we had of going there. He's like, if we go, I want to take pictures of this one place. I said, all right, whatever. So he took pictures. We went and saw, saw the girl. Um, we left. We went through Atlanta. And I, he's like, have you ever actually been to Atlanta? I was like, man, not ever in my entire life. So he's like, well, fuck, let's go here. So we stopped. We get out of the car and we start walking around. Um, a bunch of things happened included throughout the city. Like the fact, like as soon as we got out of the car, we met some guy that was wanting money for stuff to clean the windows with. And, that was like, he was over there giving him money, and I'm like, clearly this is not something we need to be part of. But he's like, well, the dude just asked So he's like, so he's getting him money, and we we go do our business. And uh, there's a lot of commotion coming from the park in Atlanta, like a lot. People are everywhere, and we don't know what the fuck's going on. So there's a long line for him, and we're like, fuck it, let's just go in. So we stood in line, and we're going and doing our business, and uh, we get up to like you know where they're taking tickets and they're like, all right, are you here for the 420 festival? And we're like, for the what? And they're like, the 420 <laughs> festival. And uh, him and I look at each other and I'm like, uh, what's 420? And they're like, it's just a festival. Are you here or not? And I'm like, I yeah, I guess. And you know, and we paid, we went our way in, and uh, uh, you know, we it took us forever to realize what the fuck everything was going on. You know, there was like all sorts of people selling pottery and shit they made at home, and uh, there was an improv. Uh, tent which is pretty funny there and um some people dancing with some lights and shit and sure enough in the middle of that fucking festival some dude walked up and was like trying his best to and i swear to god the first thing he says was hey you guys want to buy some molly like first thing he says at right out of the bat and like that was our cue of like we need to get the fuck out of atlanta (laughs) so Uh (laughs) we did the festival we go to a pizza shop we leave the pizza shop and that was like the end of the trip right there and so we went to Atlanta like you didn't a few more times. anything? I, dude, oh man, I, I was on, I guess I was more like shocked at the time because I, I hadn't, at that time, I had never really dabbled in weed at all. So okay. I Not guess that there's it, anything wrong with, with choosing to run, but <laughs> if I could go back, I think I would have done things a lot differently. But like at the time, like I didn't even know what the fuck 420 meant. I was just there. It took, yeah, it took me forever to realize what the fuck was going on. And then when it finally hit me, you know, I get home, I'm like, Dad, I went to a 420 festival and everything. And, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was fucking, it was weird. And it, I think we had actually talked about going back a few times in our lifetime just because the, 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 that just the fact that we actually went. Yeah. Luckily, uh, I want to go. It was fun. Like I would go to Atlanta for the just for the festival. Like it was, it was really odd for I guess for two people who don't know her who don't fucking do drugs or anything, just walking through trying yeah. to figure out what the fuck's going on. But like, it besides like it, it besides that it was it was pretty fun. I think we did get a few things from there. I think we got like some fucking flyers and I want to say I bought some shit and I don't remember what it was or where it is now. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a pretty fun and exciting experience. I think we went back with our other buddies hoping to try to make it on 420 like sometime later that year or the next year we didn't but we ended up going to the world of coke and i mean it was just world of coke yeah so there's a it sounds worse than 420 it does doesn't it that's really (laughs) far off 
Uh, no, like the Coca-Cola uh, oh, okay. amusement thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that right, does man. Sound, I guess it is a gateway drug <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it just sounded so fucking simple, too. Yeah, we just went to the world of Coke, man. And, you know, and that was boring, but, you know, 420 Fest was a lot better. <laughs> That was literally probably going to be my next words, I think, too. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's funny. We were there again. Like, they, for some reason, wherever you buy tickets from, they sell tickets for the uh, aquarium in Atlanta and the World mm-hmm. of Coke. And maybe something else, but I think it was just those two were our choices. And, like, the World of Coke ticket. There was a big, big price difference between the uh, the aquarium and the World of Coke. So our broke ass is like, well, fuck, let's just go to the World of Coke. And yeah. And that was pretty fun. Um, I, I think like the funniest thing about that was there was a stupid video. I must say stupid. It was pretty cool. I'll give it to him. It was pretty cool. They did some really cool commercials, but they show you like a video of the secret ingredient of Coke. And so for years, especially me, I would go around and just tell everyone we know the secret ingredient in Coke. What uh, is it? I'm not telling you, fam. You gotta go to the world of Coke. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. What a hook. Are they sponsoring this show? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, no, but they should. Yeah, at this point, just tell them, hey, if uh, if you don't sponsor my show, I'm going to tell everyone what the secret ingredient is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, so, so yeah, that was that was my 420 experience. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so how about an actual 420 experience? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't remember the first time I smoked weed. I know it wasn't anything to even brag about for me. Like, I, first I'm, time is, it, it, it always sucks. Yeah. I like the first time I'd done weed was like, like the first time I ever had a beer, I thought like I had one sip or one hit yeah. and like, I thought I was instantly high and the coolest thing ever until I realized how fucking dumb I was. Yeah. The placebo effect is very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What I mean, do you have a memorable when you're first time doing it? No, my first time was not. Well, I mean, I remember it, but um, I didn't get high. I uh, so it was um, under it was inside a bush. There was like this hollowed out bush near my my. Not, I was gonna say elementary school. No, I was in high school. Um, there was this hollowed out bush that that um we'd crawl into and so one of my friends one day was like hey you want to crawl into this bush with me and i was like sure whatever that seems normal and they were all passing around uh, a blunt and i said sure that you know let me try some of this um but i just coughed a lot and didn't feel anything um and i you know i think i was being pretty real with myself and uh i didn't want to do too much because I didn't know what would happen and I needed to get home and uh, I was like a little nervous. And um, then there were a few other times along the way that I tried it with similar experiences of nothing happening um, pretty much until I was an adult and then it was like, hey, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And then I just started asking around for, you know, who the dealers were and um, started getting brownies um, brownies are my main thing. I love edibles over smokables. They're better for you. 
They take a little bit longer to hit it, hit, but they last longer, and uh, they're a lot more fun. Fuck, I okay. So, um, I have an edible story. So, the first time I've ever had an edible, um, years ago, there I was at a family gathering. Well, I would say family. It was not family gathering. It was I was with some friends, and um, somebody had, uh, you know, somebody had. Uh, you know, gummies, and, like, you know, they were over there, like, hey, you want to try it, and I'm like, ah, man, you know, this ain't gonna be that fucking bad, like, I've, I've smoked before, this isn't not, you know, yeah, I'll take one, and they're like, you know, I'm, I think I grabbed, like, a big piece of it, I guess to say, because it was, like, a big gummy, like, not, like, individuals, it was, like, a big gummy, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, this ain't shit, I've smoked it before, you know, thinking I was, like, hot shit, and that was, like, on a 4th (laughs) of July thing, um, okay, Oh shit! Yeah, so like, I take a piece, I go sit down. Like later on that night, like I'm laying on a bed with a girl and laughing at everyone and everything. And it took me an hour to realize what the fuck had happened to me. Like <laughs> I don't remember a lot of that until like I didn't really come down any bit until like the fireworks started. And even then, like that whole night to me was like I felt numb the whole fucking night. Gotcha. And I was like, wow gummies really are for fun yeah yeah no you got it you have to be careful mm-hmm. um you know so i like to you know I, I like to know what my dose is you know same with like beer you know i know i can have three beers and then i start feeling you know a little out of control mm-hmm. um but because marijuana is unregulated where i live um it's a little bit harder to do that. So I try to just get get it consistently from the same place and consistently get the same product so that I can um, dose and pace myself. Uh, and so generally I know that from where I get it, one quarter brownie is enough for me, good to go for um, up to 12 hours. And usually I'll, I'll enjoy it for like six hours and then sleep for the last six. Uh, but sometimes if I'm feeling like having an interesting day, I'll I'll have my quarter brownie when I wake up. So what do you, I'm going to ask do you if you had a choice would you prefer being high or drunk? Oh, being high, absolutely. I think I would have voted on that one. Yeah, because see, when I'm drunk like I'm mostly dizzy and confused. Mm-hmm. Um and then I get loud. Uh well, Same. I'm actually I'll take that back. I get loud for no reason. So I don't have to be drunk to be loud, and I don't. Have, I just get loud. I'm a loud person. Um, but with marijuana, it's more like uh, it's more like I'm experiencing something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rather than rather than like. I guess I guess the easiest way to describe the difference for me is that like weed is like a space adventure, and uh, alcohol is like a roller coaster. That's a perfect way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if that make, would make sense to someone who hasn't done either or both. But right. That, you know, that's the experience. You know, when I when I drink when I drink enough alcohol to really have fun, then I get really sick um, as a side effect. And when I do enough weed to have fun, the worst thing that happens is I get kind of hungry. Uh, and then I might need to drink a lot of water the next day because my mouth feels a little dry. But you know, I don't have to deal with like the hangovers and like, you know. Do you except for that one time when when I 
when I protected the forest animals. <laughs> do you do you remember your your twenty first birthday? Yeah, I do. How how was that? What what, what happened? What'd you do for it? Well, um, I went to a bar with a mm. buddy, mm-hmm. and now I'd been drinking mm. since yeah. I was oh, yeah. sixteen. Right. Um, I've been to all the parties. But when I turned 21, it was like, oh, wait, I can have, like, a party whenever I want to at a bar? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, when I turned 21, I went straight to a bar um, with a buddy. Mm-hmm. I got – well, you, you, you said you've played Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes, I've played – well, 1 and 2. I've played both of them, and God, I love okay. them both. So so you you know that, that part near the – close to the beginning where um, – where Arthur gets pissed drunk, yeah, and you, in the yeah, bar, yeah, you go fight everybody. It feels like, yeah. Well, it was basically like that. Like, <laughs> um, everything was blurry. Everything was shaky. I didn't really know what was going on. I got lost mm-hmm. in the hallway to the bathroom, which was like a really shallow hallway. Um, I was like stumbling around. I was vomiting. I was back. I didn't know what a Long Island iced tea was. I thought that was something that, like, you know, I I could drink to stabilize myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because before before twenty one, uh-huh. I would just drink whatever they gave me at parties. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I wasn't picky. I didn't have choices. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So, so then, I, then after that, uh, I came back almost every day after work. Um. And tried something different on the menu until I reached a point where I realized that now that it was legal, it wasn't as much fun. And so now I don't drink as much. <laughs> um, shit. So my 21st birthday, we went to this local restaurant that um, here where I live. At. It's fucking phenomenal. I guess I guess I'll give a shout out the tavern um, if anyone happens to be in Alabama, but fucking phenomenal bar phenomenal food i mean it's it's like it's like the place for most of us here but um we went there for 21st birthday like i had you know my friends my my mom my stepmom my dad and uh my boss and actually a few other people from my work and i mean it was a pretty good time but like as far as alcohol wise like one i got in and my stepmom's like you know i know you never had it but i'm gonna get you patron for the first time horrible horrible worst shot i had to start with <laughs> i do not I'm, i guess i'm also like not a big tequila fan like that's my big thing like, okay I, I can do rum's my favorite i can do whiskey here and there different ones um and i don't mm. mind vodka but tequila and i guess anything else just is not my fucking not my go-to but so have you tried fireball yes love fireball we had uh fireball is the shit yes it is um fireball mixed with uh cream soda i think no or is it orange soda shit um uh, I haven't yeah, tried that. Yeah, it's one of the two. I don't remember which one, uh, but it's really good that way. Um, but have you ever had a cement mixer? A cement mixer? Cement. <laughs> cement. Oh. Cement mixer. <laughs> well, I don't know what the bars are like in Alabama. There's but... <laughs> got to be a name for that. I'll be honest. But I don't remember uh, no, what. I, I... <laughs> I don't remember what all alcohol's in it, but it's got a milky cream to it. Mm hmm. So like you have, from what I understand, you have to. I was fucking, I was fucking fucked up. So I don't remember a lot, but you have to drink it really fast, or otherwise your body will throw it up because of the milk in it. Shit. That's why they call it like a cement mixer. Otherwise, it gets hard. It you know throw up. Some shit like that. 
Why would you drink that? Why not? Uh, I was like, I was trying to, like, let me tell you how fucking dumb I was on my 21st birthday. So there's this uh, drink by Captain Morgan called the Cannonball. I don't know if you ever seen it or not in the liquor store, but it's just like, it's a little Cannonball bottle with a little lid on it. And it's like, it's just a uh-huh. special thing. And they even have different versions of it. Well, okay. that was like one of the first things I had before I was 21. I thought I was tough shit. So like most of the time, whenever I'm thinking alcohol, I'm like, yeah, I'll get Cannonball. So I thought I was, so anyways. Walk in, you know, one of the things he asked is like, hey, do you know what kind you want? I'm like, yeah, uh, Cannonball. He's like, well, we don't have Cannonball. And my dad's like, just fucking make him some. He's like, you know, you're trying to tell him it's just spiced rum. Just make him a spiced rum. And long story short, the bartender came back with a shot glass. He's like, all right, is this it? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me try. I take a sip. And I'm like, I don't think this is it. And like, my dad's like, you know, you're going to finish that, right? And I'm like, what? He's like, you can't just pour that back in the bottle. So I'm like, fuck. All right. So I finish it. Does it three more times. Uh I think. I was like, all right, I'm done with trying to find a cannonball. I believe he doesn't have a cannonball. <laughs> you wouldn't know after three anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the biggest things I can remember from that night is, like, uh, apparently at one point I went, my friend was in the bathroom, and I went and, like, put my arm on his shoulder while he was using the restroom and, uh, you know, telling him how much it means to me. And then, like, uh, I think later that night we went to leave, and, like, we were in the parking lot. Uh, where we parked, we had like there's not a room in the tavern parking lot, so we parked in a different parking lot. And like, him, my buddy, two buddies had to drive, uh, well, everyone else drove their own cars back to the house. And like, I ended up like peeing in the parking lot, <laughs> like a shithead, <laughs> of course, yeah, naturally against, against everyone's, everyone's commands. I ended up doing it anyways. It was just that I think that is almost one of the craziest drinking nights, almost one of the craziest drinking nights I had in my life. I wouldn't say it is, but it's almost there. Have you ever had Jaeger? Probably. Fuck, it tastes like black licorice. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Hands down, worst liquor to me. Hands down. I think honestly most of it tastes bad. Yeah. Um, I guess that's fair. You know, I just drink beer now, um, when I drink and it's probably it's not very often, maybe like once a month or so, really. Mm-hmm. Um and I I usually just drink Yingling. I think I'm I'm more of a uh but I'm also I guess I'm I guess it's just white trash DNA. I'm more of a Miller Lighter but like kind of person. I think uh sure. I mean I do like some of the expensive stuff, but you know, it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got you. So yeah, and I buy like the uh, the forty eight pack mm-hmm. and then it lasts me like a year. That you know, I, I feel you on that. I tend to get like I'll try to get the biggest one and try to make it last, but like tonight all that right. was all my <laughs> I was just drunk all the rest of the stash tonight. Oh man. So as we wind it down, um, I want to, you know, I want to ask, you know, if you could give like, you know, if someone's listening and they're trying to start their own business, whether, whether it's a podcast business or a business in general, um, whether they're yeah. making flyers or something, what would be your advice to someone trying to start their own business? Oh, do it. Do it. Um, people are going to tell you not to do it. Do it. Do it anyway. Do what you want to do. Uh, it never goes smoothly. I mean, unless you, you have for whatever reason, like a big stash of cash, um, and a team of highly experienced people when you try to start in most cases, it's not going to go smoothly. You're going to have road bumps. I'm still dealing with road bumps, but just do it. You know, there was a, a famous gentleman, um, I think his name was Shia LaBeouf that said something along those lines once as well. Just do it. 
You heard her to just do it. <laughs> oh, I remember the memes. The things were everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 really good, solid advice. You know, if you have a dream, if you have a passion, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you don't let anything stand in your way. Uh, surround yourself with people who support you. You know, for me, that was Paul. I think, you know, he may not have... 100% understood what I was doing at the at the beginning but he supported me and believed in me so find find your Paul and just do it exactly um, and so if you're interested in reaching out to Persephone whether it's for an Emperor Pigs Presents episode or if you just want to talk shot with podcasting or you know I mean anything I guess that would make logical sense don't come to her about sex shop. This is not an episode for you to come here about sex shop. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'm always happy to talk about sex. Thank you so much for sending out talking today. I know it. I know it went sideways a bit here and there. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I feel like I really bared my soul there. Uh, before we go, I, I do want to say, you know, um, you are you are such a pleasant person to work with, and I, I'm not just saying that. Like you are. There's a lot of people, you know, you meet in in this, in the, I guess the podcasting, but in the, in just general and in the world, whether you're working with the things you enjoy and there's people you work with that you enjoy and you have become one of the, the, one of the people that I genuinely enjoy, um, working with and talking to and communicating throughout this, uh, crazy industry that is podcasting, I guess, um, to say on that, but I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoy and I, I consider you someone, a friend, not just in podcasting, but outside of podcasting as well. Thank you. Yeah, the feeling is absolutely mutual. Um, so is there if there's anything else you want to plug or anything for the listeners before we close out? Um, well, let's see. I guess in summary, uh, have sex, do weed, and listen to Emperor Pigs. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> This episode features Persephone Rose from Postal Roach, who you can follow at postalroach.com. You can also follow her on social media at Persephone106 or email at persephone at legendarystoryteller.com. Do you want more great podcasts like Personalized? Go to gravityundone.net and view our podcasts such as My Creativity, Exit Plan, and Space Brains. We also would love it if you followed Personalized on social media at PDPCast, both on Twitter and now on Instagram, and shared with us your favorite episodes and come connect with our guests and come talk to Vincent and I. We'd also love it if you leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, etc., etc. Last but not least, I'm Abby Rose. You can follow me on Twitter at AbbyRoseVO, and we'll see you next week. Oh, I want duck. Duck is good. Duck is good if it's for a buck. Duck, duck, for a buck. Come with a buck and claim your duck. Duck is yellow. Duck is good.
Duck comes with socks. It's duck, it's duck, for a buck, come claim your duck. You know you need some food, and you come for your duck with a buck, and you have your meal. When you're done, you realize you need more, and you bring on another buck for a duck, and you're on your second, and you realize you